0: Hi there. Welcome back to the mindset check podcast. I'm your host Misha McKittrick. This is a podcast where we believe that as you take time for a mindset check, you have more power than you think you do. I'm so happy that you're here and that we get to dive in you and me, that we get to dive in to being our best selves together. In the first season of the Mindset Check podcast, if you haven't been with us, (laughs) we've been reading through my journal when I was 15 and pregnant, and that in and of itself, a lot of people are shocked You know, when those words come out of my mouth, and sometimes (laughs) they don't know how to respond to me and my openness. Uh, But I'm a believer that when we're open with our stories, and I get that being open with your current story is tough. You know, I think it's easier that I'm on the other side of it. And I think that's also powerful for you to see that, you know, you can come out on the other side of your problems that speaks, right? And so through this event um, and through this timeline, I got pregnant young. I had amazing parents who responded to me so lovingly. And then I have this very rocky relationship. My daughter passes away and we're still navigating that relationship. So that's where we're at in the timeline. You're more than welcome to go back and dive into everything that we've been through so far. Moving forward and in today's episode, if you're with us for the first time, we're just so happy that you're here. In this episode, we focus on a really huge problem. And today we're going to walk through how to navigate through problems and how to affect the way that other people treat you and how to elevate your self-love. I am so happy that you're here. Let's get started. April 22nd, 1995. Oh man, I can't believe this is happening. Jesse and I are getting a divorce. Final. We were going for a ride last night in Panaka. We went to visit his mom. There was a question on my mind, big time. So I asked, Jesse, did you cheat on me? He stalled, denied it, and kept lying. Anyway, to make a long story short, he did. Plenty of times. Remember my old journal with the girl on the front on page 50 when he went to Idaho? Well, he slept with some girl named Carrie up there. Remember on page 52? Shannon, the 13 year old? Her too. Angie, this girl that lives next door to Jesse's dad? She's even my friend. Yep, her too. She's even married and has a kid how convenient oh and Nikki when I lived in Ogden I met her she was supposedly Cory's girlfriend now he has kissed two and slept with four I wonder how many more he will come up with I honestly cannot believe even though I didn't know about all of this that I didn't divorce him sooner. Stupid, naive, me. His friends, his booze, his drugs, his manipulating, his smoking, have always been a part of our lives. And I hate every one of them. He's like scum of the earth and he deserves to go down, but even after... All of this, my feelings are so strong for him. He tells me that he's not going to do all of the things I hate and marry me in the temple in a year. He's afraid I'd find someone else, but hell, he found quite a few, and we weren't even divorced. My feelings are so mixed, and I would love to throw my arms around him and cry. But yet, I don't want to even touch him. Taylor, I love you, and I wish you were here. April 26, 1995 My dad's birthday is tomorrow. My bishop's interview is tonight. I hope everything goes great. I'm so stressed. I feel like nobody is there for me. Like Jesse was ever there for me before. But I feel so empty now. Like, who do I turn to? Who do I fall back on? Who do I cry to? When I know there are plenty of people close to me. But I don't want anyone else. I guess it's like you get used to someone no matter how they treat you. (sighs) If you even think, I believe Jesse when he says all this about going to the temple, you're wrong. He hasn't even tried to grow up or come in close. It was so different when Taylee was here because I'd talk and she'd listen. Even though she really had no idea. I love you, Taylee. Wait for me, baby. Pretty loaded, right? (laughs) I told you we were going to uncover a huge problem. And it's like, I remember when this happened, I can remember feeling like it being really validating, super validating, you know? Uh, because it was like I had all these questions, and sometimes I didn't want to face them. I didn't want to look for the red flags. I didn't, I didn't want it to be true, you know. And and it's so interesting this feeling I'm describing when I feel like I'm so empty and nobody's there for me. And I, I think that's interesting that when we're betrayed and when one thing that kind of really matters to us kind of goes wrong, it makes it feel like so many things are wrong, like everything's wrong, you know, and, you know, sometimes you just start looping into that, the negative cycle of, of feeling like nobody's there. And I just, I just want to honor that feeling. I just want to honor that feeling in, in this 15 year old girl you know, my younger self and in whatever you're experiencing. I have felt that many times in my life that when you can be managing, right, like everything pretty well and then how interesting it is when kind of a big thing goes wrong, it makes everything feel wrong when there was only one thing that changed. And I think... That Some of the things that we'll dive into today are going to help us dissect that, are going to help us kind of see the reminding of what's actually happening. It has a lot of power, you know? It's like, it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life, right? And I get that (laughs) everything that my life was made up at this time, right? Like... So much of it was really, really hard, you know, and people might argue that that was a bad day. But you know what? The thing that's interesting about figuring out our problems is that it's actually giving us an opportunity. Our problems actually give us access to something different. I love the way that Oh, I love the way that Esther Hicks kind of breaks this down with problems. And she talks about how, how knowing what we don't want, like the problem and what it presents teaches us what we do want, that this is a major, you know, this is a major idea of contrast that when we can contrast two things that it gives us clarification and it can cause like this desire to be born inside of us. And when we focus on what we do want, we can get more of that. And so it's not to say, let's run from our problems and not focus on them. We need to focus on our problems, but focusing on them long enough to find the solution and then to focus on the solution. And there's a, there's a quote from Eat, Pray, Love. I I recently rewatched that movie. I read the book, watched the movie. It's fantastic. I love this scene when you know Julia Roberts is the main character in the in the film and her friend it, they're in Italy at the time and he is walking her home and she's been trying to learn Italian and he says in of course a very beautiful Italian accent he says you must be very polite with yourself when learning Italian <laughs> very polite right and And that's like that translation, you know, actually being really like patient with yourself. The word polite, I loved it so much because it's interesting how we can be so polite to strangers and not as polite to ourselves. A couple of the things I really want to look at in the episode, and I just kind of really want to sit in this one for a minute. I think it's interesting to me and it does hurt my heart. When I read the words, you know, I'm, I'm kind of regretting not divorcing him sooner. And then I say stupid, naive me and how much I have learned with the power of our words and the way that we speak to ourselves. Oh, it makes me like tremble a little bit inside because, you know, I, even my kids have been using this word bozo, you know, <laughs> And they're using it to be funny. They're calling each other bozos and stuff. I'm like, no, uh, uh-uh, not here. No. How about we don't, you know, how about we replace it with something that can still be funny, but isn't degrading or, or mean, you know, if it were to have been taken seriously because behind every joke, there's a little bit of truth, you know? And so I think, I think it's just so incredibly vital and we're going to come back to self talk just a little bit later but oh it's just like you get more of what you focus on and I still think that inside of me knowing this like I really felt kind of done at this point even though you'll see it's not completely over you'll see (laughs) Um, but I I remember how it just felt so disgusting and I felt violated. I felt so violated. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need a test for AIDS. I'm going to, I'm really, really blessed and lucky that I don't have like STDs. And I, it really like, it really rocked my world, you know, because brought to light truth that like I couldn't even fathom doing myself. It felt hard, you know, and I don't know, maybe you have had times in your life where you've been on the other side of the coin, you know, and I'm not here to um, throw daggers or to judge you or, I really I really see and I went through a lot of like Jesse's history and I read his his mother's journal from you know when she was young and I remember a part in her journal that her mother her mother would allow men to come over and for a box of cherries to help their family be fed She would allow them to take her daughter, who I don't remember how old she was, but really young, to the back room. And I find it um, and feel in my heart more than anything that when we can look at the issues, you know, and we look at them with compassion and we look at them with, you know, the idea to understand. Um, I think we can be polite with, with the offender as well. It doesn't mean that you have to continue to stay in it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, no matter what it is, if it's you, you know, you, you have power. And you can change it, no matter what it is in your life, right? Even if it's as simple as like, you grew up with a mom that just yelled at you all the time, and that's so instinctual for you with your kids. You can change that. You can rewire the def- default in your brain. We talk so much about how our brains are you know, scientists thought forever that they were hardwired and we've learned that they are not. And that is what's called neuroplasticity, your brain's ability to change. And I'm i am telling you, what you focus on in your life is how you continue to change your brain. Focusing on the solution. For me, the solution was I felt like I gave him tons and tons of chances and I already had felt like I needed to be divorced from him. I wasn't, I wasn't really in it anymore. And when this huge bomb went off, that was the solution I started to focus on. And again, it takes time. said something in, oh, and you know what? I do need to, I do need to clarify that because, because I start talking about being married in the temple and I can't remember if I've kind of addressed what that is. And I just want you to understand that, that in, in our religion, it's like we make certain promises of the ways that we are living and the ways that we continue to live. And we go to the temple with that, you know, in hand. And so that's why it's like such a it's like such a push for me to try cuz that's where I want to be because I know I can be I can have something performed there that's called like being sealed to my little girl and that means like forming a bond there that is an it's an ordinance where we f- where we believe that we will be together for eternity and not just until death, like that beyond this life. And so I'm not really sure if I've kind of like talked about that very much. And so I just wanted to kind of address that, that that's why my poll is for that so much, you know? And, um, wow. (laughs) Oh, there's a line in, in my journal that I say, I guess it's like you get used to someone no matter how they treat you. And I think that that feels really important for me to focus on because something I've really been learning about lately is that people treat you how you treat yourself. So I want to go back to the comment about being polite with yourself, right? Polite or patient. When learning Italian, you need to be very polite with yourself. But sometimes, especially when we're learning about ourselves, we have to be really polite with ourselves. We have to go back to the compassion of figuring out why we became a certain way so that we can hold and have compassion for ourselves while at the same time allowing ourselves to let go of things and to move forward. Because sometimes learning that people treat you how you treat yourself, if people are not giving you the love and respect that you deserve, because you do deserve love and respect, every human being deserves love and respect. But so many times, you know, what is really necessary is that we look inward. And we have to look for the thoughts that are not in alignment with the relationship we want to attract. So if you've ever heard that healing yourself allows you to heal three generations forward and three generations backwards. It's a phenomenon, right? Because what you're doing is you're really teaching by the way that you are allowing yourself to be. Other people pick up on that And they only can treat you the way you treat yourself. And so much of this, just so you know, happens subconsciously because I was talking to a friend today and we were walking through my, my experiences from when I was 15 and she was asking me, Mish, what, what was the vibration that pulled you into that? And we were kind of talking about, you know, family situations and, you know, just different possibilities of what could have been because I did feel like a confident girl and I felt like I was part of the popular crowd. So where was the, where was my vibration off? And it's really important to dive in and, and look at that and to look at all of the ways that, that we are another person through other persons. That's the concept of umbutu that comes from Desmond Tutu. He taught us about, about how in Africa, that's how they view humanness, right? Like our life. That we're a person through other persons. And again, going back to feeling that, that love and that compassion for all of the people that surround us and make us who we are. But knowing that inside that compassion, we can also be the one who affects the people around us. There's a story about, I'm going to probably get this name wrong. <laughs> Dr. I Leah Kayla, um, Hugh Lynn. Okay. This is a Hawaiian psychologist and He used a Hawaiian method, I think it's um, ho'opo, let's see, ho'opo no, (laughs) ho'opo no, opo no, (laughs) something like that. Okay, and this is a method that focuses on reconciliation and forgiveness. And he used this to heal an entire ward of criminally insane patients. He did it without meeting them or being in the same room as them, but by repeating the words, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And the idea is when he healed himself, when he reconciled and forgave parts of himself, the entire ward of patients were healed. You know, it's kind of leading by example, but on a deeper level, also like on an energetic level, you know, you might've heard me talk about, uh, in the film, I am, uh, I think it's Tom Shadyak and he sits in front of a bowl of yogurt and some scientific electronic device, um, has two electrodes that are put into the yogurt and some of the researchers around Shadiak they ask him different questions that would, that would cause him to have a reaction, an emotional reaction. And as, as they're asking them, you know, him, the questions like, when's the last time that you spoke to your lawyer? And the needle on this device just kind of hovers at the, at the <laughs> very edge of what's possible because he's. You know, putting off this energy, and the yogurt is like this object that's live and active, and it can feel energy, but it doesn't have a biased opinion. You know, it doesn't have a filter for it to go through the energy. The yogurt is just a receptor, and when they ask Shadyak other types of questions it is radiating on the other side of the dial, right? So they're asking different opposing questions that might bring different feelings and they're seeing it register. I think about that experiment I've talked about. You might've heard me talk about that experiment because it's something that I love so much because it proves that other people around us feel and absorb our energy. And you know, Our reasoning and the way that we act or react, just the way that we're being, the way that we are allowed to treat ourselves, you know, are we, are we beating up ourselves or are we treating ourselves badly? Are we falling into victimhood or relationship problems? In any, in any relationship, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he said, you're constantly coaching people how to treat you. I think that that's a pretty important thing to let sink in because sometimes we fall into focusing on and blaming the other person for treating us badly. Like in this situation, I could just shove it all to him that way, or I could beat myself up or I could use the problem as information. Interesting. So I really want to focus on, and I want to, I want to talk about how to lift and how to bring enlightenment to the way that we can be and things we can do To help other people treat us better. Okay, so just just know that whatever line you toe with yourself, that level of respect, other people will fall in line with that. It's really important to be aware of what is going on in your life, even on a subconscious level. To sit down and say, what are the things that I I've never really worked out. What can I release from my life and reinvent? We've done different activities where we have flipped, you know, the truth from something we don't want to something we do want. And we've talked a lot about, like even in the last episode, we talked a lot about tuning into different frequencies, you know, or tuning in to a different vibration. Remember the tuning forks? And if you didn't see the video that I put in the mindset check Facebook group, it will show you what I'm talking about with the tuning forks and how another tuning fork in the same key without being, you know, stimulated, it reverberates, it reverberates the same frequency that's being put out by another tuning fork. We are tuning in to the frequency that we are. We're attracting that into our life. And in this situation, Jesse and I are beginning to separate because we're tuning in to different frequencies, we're tuning into a different vibration. The thoughts and feelings that we have that are originated, okay, our feelings, right, are originated by our thoughts. And those create vibrations. And so if in the back of your mind, you're lying, that's a vibration. If in the back of your mind, you're creating self-respect and you're honoring yourself and your word, different vibration. So if you're tuning into different frequencies, you're going to go separate ways. It's kind of like a throwback to the story of the eagle and the raven. Can you remember it? It was a long time ago that we talked about the eagle and the raven, but I love it so much. I love the analogy from nature and I'll just repeat it for you quickly. When a raven lands on the eagle's back and and pecks and pecks and pecks at it, the eagle continues to fly higher. It doesn't turn around and interact with the raven it just flies higher and higher and higher because it knows that the raven can't endure the higher altitudes. And so it will fall off. It will fall off and, and soar down to the altitude that it can handle and it will exist there. And the eagle just knows intuitively. And you have the same ability in your life. And so one of the very best ways that we can do that is to increase our self-love, right? We talk a lot about what's going on in your subconscious mind and, and that we need to release that and we need to create space for something new. And that is important. You really got to check in with your beliefs. I love when Esther Hicks says a belief is only what you continue to think. In other words, A belief can be temporary, and so if you beat yourself up with thoughts, "I'm not lovable," "I'm not worthy," you know, "I'm I'm just not satisfied with myself," "I feel like a failure." um, Something about your looks, okay? In whatever way you you might beat yourself up, we have to look at that so we can let it go. We have to move into, I am confident. I feel good. I accomplish things that feel worthy of my time. I enjoy my life. I enjoy others around me. I believe in myself. I can tackle the tasks in front of me, or I can find help. Or find instruction or or learning to help me tackle those things. Such a difference in the way that we believe. And it's important to be able to affect that. It's important to honor that you are in charge of how you feel. It's important to know that you know the difference. It's important to know... When you think a thought, it produces a feeling and that you are going to be responsible when emotions from thoughts come up that are destructive to you and that you're going to make a commitment to train your mind to new pathways of thinking so that you can change Your thoughts and therefore your feelings. Anytime you think of yourself as inadequate or, you know, ill intentioned thoughts towards yourself, then we're not safe because what we're creating is a belief. So, We have to look for ways that we can alter those thoughts. Because staying in those bad feelings, those bad thoughts only disables you from, from doing good, right? And, and finding proof that you're doing good, which then would completely change and alter. And so I want to tell you a few concepts that I haven't really told you about. I haven't, really talked very much about what I like to call a show and tell concept. (laughs) And this is something that I just like, I just, I love it so much. You know, as, as kids, we went to school and we were excited to have that one thing that we got to show everybody. And sometimes I think if we can think of the need for sort of this show and tell, and there's two different ways to do show and tell. Okay. So at the end of the day, when I kind of feel like I didn't, I just feel kind of low, you know, about maybe what happened or what I accomplished, I will say, like, we'll, we'll be brushing our teeth at night, my husband and I, <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, I'll acknowledge my feeling. But then I will come back and I will say, okay, but I did accomplish this and I did accomplish this and I did feel this. And I did show up for this person and whatever, or guess what? I decided to take some self-recovery time. It's kind of big. And I think the idea of acknowledging what I did do really helps me stay in check when I seem to like, kind of fall into those loops Another thing that, another part, right? The second part of show and tell for me is sometimes I really like to reach out to my friends and just kind of say, tell me about the magic. Like, what are you experiencing? What are you, what's happening in your life? Tell me about the things that are uplifting and positive because somehow it either ignites that that's possible for me too. Like everything that's happening around you is possible for you too. And that's important that you understand, know, and check in with that. That when things are happening for other people around you, it doesn't mean like, oh, they have a better life than me or shoot, I wish I had, I wish I had a boat too, or I wish I had a, you know, right. Those are all looping into the negative. It's like, no, tell me how it feels. Some of my friends like fly their own plane and I'll sit with them and I'll say, just tell me how it feels because i know that if i can access that feeling that that feeling is accessible for me to create something in that same feeling oh it's amazing it, it's it's truly time travel it feels you know like you have so much power just to be able to 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 go and be wherever you want <laughs> you know within reason but it it makes the world smaller and that's kind of like the report that maybe they'll give me or, or they'll tell me whatever they, they tell me, right? You just have to remember that checking in with your friends to find out how you, you know, how it feels is really access for you. Or maybe, maybe they'll just share something that's like a good report, a good report on something and it ignites goodness in me. maybe. If they share with me a miracle, it reminds me of a miracle in my own life. Or maybe if they share with me a place that they found gratitude, I can find gratitude with them or I can find gratitude in my own life. So remember the show and tell concept, okay? Show and tell both from your life and from others. And then I also love what else is true. And so... In the example of like, oh, I didn't get much done d- today, but I, you know, if you're going to say what else is true, I did show up for so-and-so, right? It's kind of a similar thing, but it's important to remember that there's usually a flip side. So I was talking to my mother-in-law and we were, she was getting ready for like a big family event and she had gone and done some grocery shopping and the place where we're going, we're going to go to Lake Tahoe and it's, it's really expensive. Like the cost of living there is more. And so she decided to do her grocery shopping there without knowing that. And she just kind of felt like heaviness, you know, because everything just is more expensive right now. You can resonate with that. And, um, and she's trying to create a situation for all members of our family to just be together and have a good time and not have worries about stuff like that, right? So we kind of talked, and i I was chatting with her and helping her see like, yeah, guess what, you're also doing the best that you know how to do, and you're a rock star at this, you've done this for. So many years you've showed up and I know it's different. I know it's different, but this is amazing. And look what you're creating in the space that you're creating for all of us. And sometimes we just need someone to breathe a little bit of goodness down our throats, into our brains and open our eyes. Sometimes we just have to see what else is true. It's beautiful. Beautiful it's beautiful and we have access to that within our own brains or, you know, reaching out to people that we love or sometimes I'll just go to my husband and be like, tell me all the good, tell me all the good. For some reason, I just, I need to be built back up, you know, and we can go through the list of the things that are good. We can go through the list of what is working. And then because we have 17 seconds in our brain until our thoughts think a similar wavelength like a same thought on the similar like scale or level of vibration so whatever we're tuning to again within 17 seconds our brain naturally thinks another thought in that lane amazing You know, and we just need a little bit of beauty in our day to get us through. We just need a little bit of positivity, and goodness, and then it helps us to to wake up. It helps us to check into something different. Listen to this quote. I love Sri Pratiji and her work, and this is in her book, The Four Sacred Secrets. It says. According to neuroscientific research, the circuits that you don't engage in your brain begin to wither away. The good news is that thanks to the magic of the human brain, the neural circuits that support a beautiful state can begin to form in minutes. If you nurture them, you will have a brain that effortlessly experiences beautiful states regardless of what is happening in your life. Gratitude works. Positive thoughts work. And it's not just because you're putting a fake smile on your face. It's because of what is happening inside of your brain. It's because you are creating balance in your life. There's a five to one ratio to help you find that. And it basically says that for one negative thought, you need to think five to counteract that negativity, five good thoughts. And here's, what's interesting I've listened to others, um, you know, in that same arena of kind of like a ratio. And some people say that like, if, if you experience like a really powerfully beautiful thought or, or positive thought that that's enough to get you through your day. (laughs) So I think it's kind of interesting that, that there's a lot in this arena of, um, different people's opinions, but the point is, is that it perpetuates more. It brings more into what your life is already experiencing. So our self-talk is so important. And it's really important that we take the responsibility to honor and respect what's going on inside of our brains and to see it. Another thing that is really important in promoting and, and increasing your self-love Is just to be taking care of yourself well. To ask yourself, like, what does it take to take care of you? And just go through the list of what you think it is. And don't overwhelm yourself. And don't beat up yourself if you can't do all the things every day. Right? Just You just keep knowing. And you keep creating habits. And and it becomes easier and easier and easier. Did you ever see that um, voice... The voiceover, you know, that was on Instagram, I'm sure TikTok, whatever. It said, I lied and said I was busy. I was busy, but not in the way most people understand. I was busy taking deeper breaths. I was busy silencing irrational thoughts. I was busy calming a racing heart. I was busy telling myself I am okay. Sometimes this is my busy and I will not apologize for it. I just love that. I love... Any time that we stand up and, and have the knowledge of when we need to put ourselves first, there is a lot of times that we put others first, and we need to. Because you know, a society that's focused on me, 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 me is not where we want to be. <laughs> but it's all about that balance, right? And when we walk on the balance beam, let's remember, it's not like we're walking on the street on a flat path. There is a a juggle. There is a pull, a push and a pull from all the sides. And that's what balancing is. That's truly what balancing looks like. If you didn't lean a little this way and lean a little that way, you know, or or have to consciously try to walk. I don't know if you were in when you were younger, you know, that you ever tried to just walk with a book on your head (laughs) and try to like keep the book on top of your head and balance it like that. The consciousness of it is the balancing. Balancing isn't haphazardly not paying attention. It's really being checked in and and being aware of the balance. I think something else that's really important to address when we're in this arena is talking about how we can allow power to flow through us. And I remember a friend of mine describing this to me that when we give to other people, to be conscious of not giving from our gut. Okay. Like giving a piece of ourselves, but to be creating so much energy and goodness that's flowing through us that we have enough to give. It's kind of like the concept of, you know, give from an overflowing cup instead of an empty cup. If you can picture yourself as like this, this conduit of like, you know, I think it's like the Care Bear Stair where it's flowing through you and there's enough It's radiating outside of you. That comes because we are taking care of ourselves. And then if we can give from our overflow, that's when you know, you know, that all the parts of you are zipped up and you have extra to give. And there's a time and a season for all of it. Sometimes you have to spend extra time zipping all that up. Oh, but it's so good. And it can lend into so much self-love. So much awareness of what it is that you actually need. There's a process that I found online at positivepsychology.com. And this concept okay, or activity that they present is called my love letter to myself. And the purpose of the exercise is of course, to increase that self-love and for you to check in to the, the good qualities that you have and how they benefit you. And I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes, and I'll also put it in the Facebook group, but oh, it's so good because it it walks you through how to list your positive qualities and to find them, like how how to find them, and it's a it's a beautifully like organized worksheet. And you state, "I am like I'm honest, brave, creative, whatever it is that you can associate with." Capable. How how cool is that? one? I I am capable, and then in step two, you say the quality of blank what you wrote above has benefited me because it's beautiful. <laughs> And it walks you through you being able to eventually get to the statement that helps you see that I'm going to remind myself who I really am. And when you do that and you focus on that, you can see because so many times when we get low and when we feel kind of off kilter, it's because we, we're forgetting who we are. And so if we have Um, You know, the step-by-step process of reminding us who we are and the way that we can be and the things that we will continue to do, man, that will light a fire. That will light a fire if you let it truly sink in. Checking in with powerful statements that actually motivate us and propel us forward can really do so much for us. I posted on Instagram last week, I saw this kid at a soccer tournament And he had bare feet, messed up hair. He was kind of like the younger, you know, shorter one of the group. And he's just walking in all of his beautiful, absolute beautiful glory. And his t-shirt said, I make awesome happen. And it just lit a fire under me. And that's something that I want to say to myself often. I make awesome happen. Like, right? I I kind of thought we all need t-shirts like that. We all need T-shirts that say that remind us of our of our things, you know, things that light us up and 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 light a fire for ourselves. And so, on your process of learning to increase your self love and and how to affect the way other people treat you, I hope that you remember drop in and check in to truly being polite with yourself. There's a song by Andrew Peterson that touches my heart every time I hear it and I will link it um, in the show notes and I'll also put it in the Facebook group as well. It's it's a song that's called Be Kind to Yourself. I'm going to read the lyrics to you. I love them so much. And I want to read the lyrics to you. It says you've got all that emotion that's heaving like an ocean and you're drowning in a deep, dark well. And I can hear it in your voice that if you only had a choice, you would rather be anyone else. I love you just the way that you are. I love the way he made your precious heart. Be kind to yourself. I know it's hard to hear it, When that anger in your spirit is pointed like an arrow at your chest. When the voices in your mind are anything but kind and you can't believe your father knows best. I love you just the way that you are. I love the way he's shaping your heart. Be kind to yourself. Well, how does it end when the war that you're in is just you against you against you got to learn to love Learn to love. Learn to love your enemies too. You can't expect to be perfect. It's a fight you've got to forfeit. You belong to me, whatever you do. So lay down your weapon, darling. Take a deep breath and believe that I love you. Be kind to yourself. you got to learn to love your enemies. you got to learn to love your enemies too. Oh, (laughs) it's beautiful. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. And in the words of Rupi Kaur, how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. How you treat yourself is how you allow others to treat you. You're constantly coaching other people how to treat you. Be patient with yourself in learning and knowing that. Search out ways that you can increase your confidence and your self-love because everything that starts inside of you overflows and heals not just you, but the people around you. And in that, I hope you see that you have more power than you think you do. And now I want to answer a question from one of our listeners. She asked, looking back, do you believe you're really in love with Jesse or were you just infatuated with him? It's <laughs> a really good question. Um, and I, I hope I can answer it with a little bit of depth because, you know, I was very young and I was taught, you know, to do the right thing. And I was definitely infatuated with him and he was a real smooth operator. No joke. So, so, so smooth. In fact, people have asked like, how, (laughs) how did that all come together? Well, he was really, really a smooth operator. And you know, I, I'm pretty sure that in the beginning, it was that infatuation and he was also showing me things that I had never experienced before. And so that was also a draw. Um, but I think as time went on, I loved him because I served him. I cared about him. I feel like it was, I feel like love is like that. I feel like so much of love, at least the way that I experience it. I feel like when we show up together and we can be friends and love and serve each other, that that creates love. And this question has caused me to really be completely aware of how, you know, they always say love is a verb and it definitely feels very true. That rings really very true to me. I think that that really dissipated in our relationship. I, I don't, I'm trying to just be really, really like fair kind of looking back and you know, there were a lot of ways that he served me and helped me and was kind to me and had a big heart, but there were more ways, right? His ratio was, was not (laughs) in check. And I don't know, for me, I feel like that that caused me to not be in love, if that makes sense. Because for me, love is based on and maybe it's because the contrast again, maybe it's because I, of what I didn't have back then. And so I still am measuring kind of love that way. You know, of how two people show up together and serve each other and love each other and are are kind to each other and respect each other and honor each other and are loyal to each other. So yeah, I, I guess that, that. I hope that that really answers your question I think that I was infatuated I think I could have been in love because I feel like that that's my spirit my spirit is you know I want to do what's right and I can be in love if the thing worked out I don't know I, don't, I hope that that like makes sense but that was the that was the best thoughts that I had because I, I feel like it also adds to our relationships that we have currently, what your relationships are, what I'm experiencing in life. I feel like I'm more in love with my current husband when we're in sync. When we're friends, when we spend time together, when we serve each other, when we compliment each other, when we're part of each other's lives. You know, and and that love is like that, you know, bank account. It still exists even when we get busy, but we have to keep putting in. We have to keep putting in so it doesn't run dry. If you have questions like this listener, feel free to DM me. You can ask me anything you want. I would love to answer and I would love to just be engaged. So send me any and all of your thoughts. You can reach me at hello at myfriendmisha.com. You can DM me at my friend Misha on both Facebook and on Instagram. And I would love to hear from you. Also, please remember to rate and review this podcast. I would super appreciate it. And once again, thank you so much for letting me walk on your journey with you as you are being polite with yourself. And I want to leave you with this quote. It says, you set the standards for how you will be treated. People will treat you the exact way you treat yourself. So be good to you. Take time for yourself. Rest, play, shower yourself with affection, support, and gifts. And that quote is by Iyanla Vazant. And I would add, be good to you by increasing your knowledge, your capabilities, the things that you're able to do, I feel like that that definitely is a way to be good to yourself. Until next time, my friend.